Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So one of the biggest news stories of the week is that Unstoppable Domains is now offering ENS domains for purchase on their website. So that's what we're going to dive into today. But also we're going to highlight one of the biggest ironies within Web3, and it happens to be ENS domains. In addition to that, we're going to take a look at digital ownership and what it really means to have your own audience and things of that nature. So we're going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but all those things do tie in together. So that's what we're going to take a look at. So, of course, the big news is ENS domains can now be purchased on Unstoppable Domains website. If you're not familiar with them, there are two completely different models. Unstoppable Domains has the .crypto, .nft, and all of these different ones, and they're on Polygon. So you purchase those one time, ranging around $20 or so, depending on the length of it and what ending it is. But you own that outright. You have that. It can point to all of your different wallets on different blockchains and so forth. And on the other side of the equation, you have ENS domains, which are the most popular ending the .eth domains, Ethereum, Maxis, they absolutely love that. And you'll see a lot of Twitter handles that says people's names, .eth and so forth, but completely different business model in that you are renting it, if you will, not really buying it and owning it like the Unstoppable Domains model, but you are buying that and paying for it annually, ranging anywhere from $5 worth of ETH all the way up to, I believe it is $250, depending on the length. So if you have one of the shorter ones, it's going to cost a lot more. But if it is five or more, then that's what you're going to pay for it. So the great irony of the ENS domains is that within this whole decentralized, you're owning your own data, owning your NFTs and your digital land and all this stuff is the heart of it is the wallet. And these domains that are pointing to the wallet are actually not owned. They're just licensed for a year. So I have always found that to be one of the most ironic things. And one of the main reasons why I've always preferred the idea and the concept of unstoppable domains, setting up their digital identities and so forth and everything that they're doing over there. But the reason why I think this is a great partnership and a thing that really is a win-win for both parties is that Unstoppable Domains already allowed people to easily purchase with their credit cards and their debit cards and so forth. And a lot of people that have their ENS domains, they do not want to spend their ETH. And they have partnerships with uh, fiat on-ramp companies and so forth in the past. However, this one is just a much more long-lasting partnership because they already have all of these extensions and everything over at Unstoppable Domains. So adding this into the mix, I guess you would say, the offerings of their products is also great. But then, we look at the actual business models of the two companies. As far as if I was a VC, which company I think has the better business model, more sustainable, more profitable business, it is obviously the ENS domains. Someone who has to pay every single year, it's a renewal. It's a subscription, just a license to use it versus the unstoppable domains business model of selling the domains. And they had to figure out different ways to how to monetize because how does this go, especially when we are in a bear market like we are right now, where there isn't an influx of new people coming in and buying domains. These aren't new people. These are people that are already there and they're picking off the good names and holding them for the long run to flip them. So what exactly are they going to do for for their sustainable business model, for recurring revenue, to pay the bills, keep the staff employed, and so forth. 
Well, they have offered a couple different things, which I found is very interesting. They had this hosting thing where because if you purchase the domain from them before you mint it onto the blockchain, put it in your wallet and get it in your MetaMask or whichever wallet that you're using to store your Polygon NFTs, they had this service where they held the domain basically on their own servers and everything for you until you got that off. Originally, it was absolutely free, but now they are offering that for, I believe it is $5 a year. You can park it there and they will hold it for you or you can take that off. So that is one additional revenue stream that they have added. But now they also have the option for the auto renewal for the ENS domains. And I find that very interesting because that is something that I was extremely afraid of because I actually thought I had uh, purchased one of my uh, domains for one year. And then I was trying to frantically find uh, exactly where it was so I could renew it and what have you. But then I realized that I actually purchased it for three years. So that's all good. But it is not automatic. It is a manual renewal. And that was set up to use ETH because ENS domain, you just go to their website, you connect your wallet and you pay for it. However, with this now, they're offering an automatic renewal. So if you're someone who has regular domains, your .com, .net, .io, or whatever ending that you want to have the extension, you know that you can use a service like GoDaddy, Dynadot, pork bun or whatever it is, there's countless registrars in the business right now. And you can have that automatically renewed to go straight to your debit card or credit card. But that was not the case with these ENS domains. You'd have to literally go in there, log in and renew. And depending on gas and all that stuff, the price of ETH, it could be a hassle. It could be a complete headache. However, with this partnership right now, having that ability to set up automatic payments using a debit card, credit card, especially if you're someone who is just holding these and hoarding them, you know, you get some good names because you came into the space early and you're holding it for whatever brand it might be and then looking to sell it off in the future. That is one of the models that a lot of people do with domain names and it's no different within these Web3 wallet address domain names. So it's the same game, just different technology. Unstoppable Domains makes it so much easier. You just calculate all that in there. You can work that out. Use your spreadsheet to just know what your PL, your profits and losses are going to be. And you can have a sustainable business. You can project what your cost and your expenses are going to be based on that. It was much harder to do doing it the old way or the traditional way. So that's very interesting there. But when it comes down to the whole irony of the situation, as I said, with ENS domains that you're basically, you're not owning. You're just getting a license for it. And it's no different than having your .com or any of the other ones when you have to register that on an annual basis. And I just find it very funny that that is at the center of this whole Web3 thing. As I said, that is the most popular one. But when it comes to digital ownership, that's something that we pride ourselves on, owning our data, owning our information, our characters and our IP and so forth. And it is at the crossroads of everything that we do. And again, this clashes up with social media because Twitter and Discord are the two hubs for Web3. And in particular, Twitter right now is going through a lot of things. We know that Elon Musk has really championed the platform as being freedom of speech and say anything and whatever goes, there's no censorship and so forth. But it's very funny that today he actually released a tweet saying that the Twitter team has been working with a third party to see how much hate speech is on the platform. And AI has been doing a great job of basically filtering out and not showing the hateful things. And over 99% of the things that are on people's timelines that advertisers and users are seeing is positive. Now, 
that great irony in this is, okay, there is freedom of speech. However, what exactly is and is not hate speech? How is this AI suppressing what is positive and what is healthy and not? And it's kind of a fine line to walk. Of course, nobody wants to see some absolutely horrible thing. And by no means am I trying to belittle hate speech and all these different things, because trust me, I know, I understand. However, when it comes to this now, there is a very, very fine line between freedom of speech and trying to suppress what is and is not hate speech. So again, going into this whole thing, of course, no one wants to see, you know, children targeted or uh, just some other people groups that are being violently attacked or anything of that nature. But when it comes down to owning your data, owning your information and everything, a lot of the times we are at the mercy of these social media companies. And that is something as a content creator that I'm constantly battling with. Sure, a podcast is decentralized. I can say whatever I want. I don't have to pander to an algorithm, but it is so much harder to build an audience over here than it is on my Twitter profile or via YouTube or some other channel that I might choose. But at the same time, too, the algorithms can censor whatever it is. All of this really comes together now. Digital ownership and content and censorship and everything. In case you're wondering, how am I going to land the plane? This is where it all comes together. Via the podcast, I own that. I can put out whatever I want. I don't have to pander to anything, but I'm promoting it on other channels. Now, in that case, then I have to sort of pander and play with the algorithms and see what is being shown. Is it some random meme or what exactly is the flavor of the day? You know, I have to play with all of that. But then also the email list. And as you know, if you've listened to yesterday's episode and everything, I'm getting ready to relaunch the newsletter. And besides actually owning that information and being able to to uh, communicate. I don't have to rely on Twitter or whatever platform it is to make sure that the great information and content that I'm creating is actually getting to the people that want to see it. The cool thing with that is if for whatever reason I get canceled, I get shut down or for whatever, one of these platforms decides they don't want anything to do with Web3 anymore because of some censorship law or uh, oversight, whatever it might be, then we know we actually have that hub, that information can go out. But most importantly, even though it is not being censored right now, most people have their timelines filled with fight videos and all sorts of crazy things, and they're not seeing the information that they want to see. So a great way to keep in touch with everything that's going on is, of course, through that newsletter. And you can sign up for that absolutely free at niftybusinessweek.com. And that's going to start to go out again this weekend. Now, the thing with that is I'm actually switching platforms. I'm going from the current provider, which I use to send out the emails to a platform that is better suited for newsletters. It's going to allow me to format everything just much more nicely, be able to show all the information. So you're going to see that come out from a different email address. It's going to be niftybusiness at mail.beehive.com. I know that is a weird address, whatever it is, but this service is called Beehive and they're great at setting up newsletters, much better than the one I'm currently using. So I'm going to still have my regular mail at niftybusiness.co. You can still reach me through that. However, I just want you to know that Nifty Business Week, the newsletter is going to be coming out from that address and that's going to be in the show notes so you can actually see it. So if by any chance this weekend you see the newsletter come out and you're wondering, well, what the heck? This is not the email that I'm used to. It is definitely it. So I'm going to send out an email the day before the newsletter actually goes out to remind people that, yes, I this is officially me. This is the newsletter and I'm switching it over. And maybe I'll leave a link back to this episode. But I'm looking forward to that. Some great things are happening right now in the space. Can't wait to highlight it. But as you're looking through this, digital ownership, ENS domains, 
the great irony in them and just owning your content and not relying on social media platforms and everything and their algorithms is very important. It's something that we always are going to discuss going forward. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.